Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I'm your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K., I'm Mariah Rose. Hey, everybody. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is a podcast about the 80s and 80s things. And we've got a, a good one for you today. You, well, you think it's a good one. It's your fave. <laughs> or one of. Uh, long overdue. But before we get into all of that, uh, what's been going on? Well, I, it wasn't officially the first day of spring today, but today was the day. It felt like the first day of yeah. spring. I have spent the majority of the day outside. It is delightful, and I feel refreshed and energized. Also, I've had an unholy amount of coffee today, so if I'm talking fast, I don't know about it. Okay, I'll just I'll slow down your audio so you're like, <laughs> see guys, I'm not talking fast. <laughs> yeah, you've been on walks literally all day. I've walked five dogs today. Yes. And then... I w- went on a hike, kind of, with you and, and our children. Yeah, it was really weird, too, because I was asking the kids earlier, where'd your mom go? And she said that you were knocking on neighbors' doors asking to walk their dogs. <laughs> if I could. If it were socially acceptable, I would. <laughs> yeah, but we did pass a guy with some cool dogs, and you said, your dogs are beautiful, and he looked really confused. They were Salukis. Yeah, I was thinking he was kind of confused, wondering if you were hitting on him. Ew, no. Yeah, well, that's kind of the impression I got. <laughs> What? I was with you and children. I was not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, well... How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. Been working on some music, uh, working on some new music, got some plans there, and then just organizing and downsizing and getting stuff in order, um, making my life more streamlined and simplified. Is it spring cleaning? Yeah, it's like preemptive spring cleaning. I mean, it's basically spring. We're in New Mexico. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Well, this week, we are finally getting to a movie that's taken us years Mm -hmm. to get to. And will come as a shock to some people that we haven't already covered it. But we'll get into it just a second after this. Let's get to the trailer. This week's episode is the one and only House 2, the second story. (laughs) Last year, audiences everywhere thrilled to a terrifying film. About the horrors of home ownership. House. Now, there's an all new house. Looks like you got some kind of alternate universe in there or something. With brand new owners. Charlie. Huh? Got it. And it's getting weirder. Look, it's a prehistoric bird. I've seen enough tragedy and disaster to make you want to upchuck in your shorts. Two friends inherit a fantastic house. Charlie, there's a jungle in there. And a 170-year-old mummy. Surprise! Who is this? You can call me Gramps. No. They're in for more trouble <laughs> than they ever imagined. You're gonna kick the door open, run in there blindly, and I'll cover you, okay? The guy with the big gun goes first. House 2, the second story. This place gives me the creeps. Okay, House 2. As my friends know, and not in an ironic way, I absolutely love this movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It is. I grew up on it. So let's get this out of the way up front. Because people who don't like it 
I guarantee you probably didn't see it when they were young. They probably saw mm-hmm. it as normal, educated adults. <laughs> like, uh, what's wrong with this movie? As a kid, it was absolutely incredible. I thought as a little exercise. Oh. Lay down the groundwork of put yourself in the mind of a whatever, eight-year-old or something. Okay. And your other eight-year-old friend is like, dude, I got a movie you got to see. Okay. And you say, well, what, what's in it? Okay. And I'm going to just list off a minor bullet list of some things in House 2, and then we'll get back to if you would be excited to see this or not. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Crystal Skulls. Dinosaurs. Aztec Warriors. Stop Motion Animation. Puppetry. The Wild West. 80s Babes. Zombies. I could keep going. That's all in one movie. (laughs) So this movie is stacked, as we would say, in the pancake shop. (laughs) So with syrup on top, because this is a good movie. No, okay. Anyway, I have a couple friends who have seen it later in life, and they're like, this movie sucks. That's me. I saw it later in life. What? You think this movie sucks? No, no, no. Don't. Oh, gosh. Okay. I was going to have to pause it real quick. Regroup. (laughs) (laughs) Call my therapist. I didn't see it until later in life, but I got to see it with your eyes. Yes. Your sweet, sweet little boy eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I had this movie as a kid, and I watched it all the time. And it is. It's a family-friendly movie. I mean, it's PG-13. There's, like, beheading. Well, Well, that doesn't really count. Okay. Anyway, it's, I mean, really, it's more family-friendly than part one. That's for sure. Yes. But it's a fun movie. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a horror movie. Mm. It's more like an adventure movie. It is. You're right. So there's a lot going on, but if you just give in to it, lower your expectations, and just have fun, it's very rewarding. Yeah, this is like a romp. But you know what I just realized? Hmm. Just this minute, when you were announcing the trailer, the second story, like, yeah. second story of a house. <laughs> a years. And I was like, oh, clever. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a play on words. Wow. But it's also the second story in the franchise. Right. right and right. this is something that I really do like about this movie in particular in this franchise is... You know, there was a lot of divide when Halloween 3 came out because it didn't have Michael Myers in it. And it was more of kind of an an anthology idea that you could introduce new stories under the Halloween name. And that really didn't go over well, even though we both really loved that movie at the time. It was confusing to people. Mm -hmm. What I think is really cool about the House franchise is that they're there doesn't have to be a relation. It's more kind of stories that revolve around weird homes and stuff like that. And so in my mind, if you were to put all four together, it's kind of like an anthology. They don't have to tie together. And I like that. I mean, they tie together with the covers apart from part three. It's not in the same house? No, not at all. It's not none of the characters or anything like that. Yeah, I knew that. So for me, I like that. I think it's cool that you can watch House 1 and House 2 and they're not the same film. They're just more like different weird stories under the house franchise name. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. That's what is weird to me when people try and compare it to part one. I'm like, well, but it's not it's, it's not a different. direct sequel really at all. It's doing its own thing. Yeah. But let's talk about 
the people involved, there are some similar people involved. So Ethan Wiley, who wrote the screenplay for part one, mm-hmm. was asked to come back the very next year, probably later that same year, because of the success of House One and do a sequel. And he decided, well, I don't want to just, you know, repeat part one. So I'll come up with something pretty crazy, which he did. Mm-hmm. It's bananas. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Fred Decker, who, you know, we just talked about on Night of the Creeps, he did Monster Squad, he co-wrote, well, really came up with the idea for part one, and he's credited as a co-writer for part two, but I think it's just based on the idea of, you know, when people, like if you do a Star Wars movie right now, George Lucas will get credit. I think it's that kind of idea. I couldn't find any information that said he actually had a hand in... He probably had to look it over and be like, okay. Yeah, maybe, something like that. But Ethan not only wrote this one again, but he also directed this one. So, you know, you do have some people returning to the franchise, even though it's completely different. Mm -hmm. You also have Harry Manfredini, who's the composer who did House One also. And you would know him mostly from Friday the 13th fame, which makes sense uh, because Cunningham directed part one and Manfredini did the score to all the Friday the 13th. And there is a funny, this isn't a fun fact, but it is kind of funny to me that he reused several cues from Friday the 13th Part 6 in House 2 because he had just done it. And he's like, I'll just throw this in there. Why not? I mean, we've all been there. Those of of us who are film composers know if you you can reuse something, maybe do. Why not? Yeah. So there, there is a bit of the returning crew, at least in that sense. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to set the stage of of why this is a part two, even though it's not really a, a direct sequel. Yeah, it's just another, it's just the second story. It is the second story, Come right? on. And it takes place on the second story. Climb the stairs. <laughs> um, we'll talk about this a bit, but overall, it, it, you know, it's fun to discuss. Before we get into the actual story, mm-hmm. we've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but now is the most appropriate time to mention this. What? House 2 was actually our very first episode. Oh, right. When we started the podcast, but we didn't have a clue what we were doing. So I thought it was our second. Was it? Labyrinth was our first one. Yeah, and that was insane. That was insane. We went overkill on that one. And that was then too much. House 2 was our second. And then we totally did not know what we were doing still. So then we recorded our first episode, Night of the Comet. And I remember at that time going, well, we'll get to House 2 again soon. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. That was, what was that, 2018, 17? 2001. Okay. Yeah, we've been podcasting that forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you kind of accepted that. Was like, Interesting. <laughs> when did we start podcasting? Anyway, so we said we'd get back to it. Yeah, and also the more important lesson is if you're thinking about podcasting, it only takes two episodes to figure it out perfectly. Yeah, then you're smooth sailing after that. No yeah. hiccups whatsoever. Zero. I never fall asleep in a movie. <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, let's talk about House 2. Uh, for those of you who know it and have seen it, you'll probably enjoy this. But for those of you who have not yet, we're really buttering you up to enjoy it once you do see it. Yeah, it's fine. You can watch it because it came out in the 80s. You're, you've <laughs> yeah. had your time. Yeah. Now you just are going to be like, you can invite somebody over to watch it and then you can drop all of these facts and Totally impress them. <laughs> totally. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, okay, well. I will say that when you made me watch this for the first time, I knew I had to like it. Like, there was no other option. 
that you would be utterly devastated. Like, we were already locked into the relationship, but I just knew. I, not that it would be a deal breaker, but it would be a heartbreaker. Yeah. So. Yeah, and by the time we're done with this episode, you'll see why I love this film. It really <laughs> is. Or it's, not. What? It's I, fun. You have to know you. So. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a me movie for sure. It is. All right, well, let's just kind of jump in. So this movie starts with a baby being whisked away. The parents, they're like at a house that looks like a hotel. The baby escapes in a car. The parents go back in to confront some evil, and they're both killed. Yes. That's all you need to know for a backstory mm-hmm. <laughs> by like a shrouded figure. Yes. We meet our hero, Jesse. Mm-hmm. The most obvious name choice for a hero. <laughs> right. Well, he didn't have a say in his name. It's true. Also, he is played by an actor whose name I had to look up pronunciation for, and I'm still not sure. It's A-R-Y-E, and it has two different pronunciations that I could find. One is Ari, and one is Arye. So, I don't know. Take okay. your pick. Ari, Arye, Gross. Gross. Okay. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of wish I had a last name like that. He was destined to be big in Hollywood. Totally. Actually, this man... That was a French joke, Mariah. Oh. Because his last name's gross. Okay. <sighs> oh, boy. Tough crowd today. Anyway, he is big in Hollywood in a weird way. This man has been in one episode of everything. You know, we find that a lot, podcasting. Yeah. When you look up these actors from the 80s, and they never really did anything else as far as lead roles, but they were in every single series that was ever on TV for the next 30 years. For real. Like, all of them. Everyone you can think of. Just think of some 90s series, and you'll get a yes. He looks like he was born and bred for 90s TV, doesn't he? He's got that look. He also, he had a recurring role. This was his longest, biggest gig. He was on the TV series Ellen, which stick a pin in because we're going to have a little Ellen crossover. Oh boy, I can't wait. (laughs) I know, what a thrill. Thanks for introducing (laughs) that. So uh, Jesse and his girlfriend Kate, uh, who's played by Lar Park Lincoln, she just kind of... yeah. Did a few things. Yeah. They are moving into his family's mansion. And we had seen earlier, as I said, that the parents were killed. Obviously, he knows that his parents were killed in this house. And it's been, like, held on for him to inherit. And he just comes back now, like, as a 30-year-old man. Yeah, that was kind of random, wasn't it? Yeah. Would you just be like, you know what, girlfriend? Let's just move into this abandoned mansion. Oh, I would be all over that mansion the moment I could. Where my parents were murdered. Oh, well, that wouldn't bother me because the house is too cool. Oh, it is is pretty funky. It's a really awesome house. Did you look into it at all? No, like I didn't. the historical home? I didn't. I should have. Yeah, it was built in the 1890s and it was just this, you know. Building. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was okay. really cool. I mean, it's awesome. I think I didn't really get into the weeds with all this because this is the problem when we first covered this is we did a little too much research. And for this episode, I thought... We'll just kind of casually talk about it, but I was going <laughs> to research that damn house like to no end because it's cool. I do think, though, it's a lot of just exterior shots. I think the interior is not decked like out in all set. the Aztec stuff. I think that's all stage prop stuff. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, um, it is a bummer. I don't think I would move into the house where my parents were murdered. I'd probably sell it. But again, this house is pretty, pretty wild. So yeah. I might be tempted. Anywhere, he returns there. And they're joined by their friends. So they, like, get this house. I guess he just gets the keys to the house, shows up, 
short while later, his hanger-on friend Charlie and uh, his girlfriend Lana arrive. Yes. Now, Charlie is played by Jonathan Stark, and this is only interesting because he had a long-term role on the TV show Ellen. So okay, well, both, it all comes together. Both men were like on Ellen. Well, do for, you think one of them got cast first, and he's like, "You gotta hire my buddy." I—that's what I thought. I was like, maybe they're roommates in Hollywood, and one got his come up, and because um, Arya has more episodes, I was like, I bet he got a few under, and he's like, "Guess what? I got this friend who played Charlie." Do you think they went out for drinks on the first night of shooting? And they're like, "Look around, man. Can you believe we're on Ellen?" Yes. Yeah, okay. I think it was a hit show. I don't know. I don't know. I never saw it. But so they so they had a little um, reunion of sorts after House Two. Yes, they did for okay. a long time, like forty episodes or something. Wow. Okay, and then Lana is played by Amy Yazbek, who was on the TV show that was a hit in the '90s, Wings. Yeah. So these are all '90s. Folk. She was yeah. She was definitely more established, I would say. Wings was a was a pretty big show. Yeah, and so she plays like a babe singer. And Charlie, the boyfriend, is like a silly guy, but he brought Lana here to meet Jesse's girlfriend, Kate, and introduce her because, I guess, Kate works in the music industry. This whole storyline is pointless. No, it's awesome because you're also getting 80s music in this movie. Oh. Just another thing to add to the greatness of this plot. All right. So he does, he makes this introduction and Kate is profoundly impressed by by uh, Lana's singing. Yeah, well, she's, you know, does this whole cute classic 80s scene of singing and dancing in her underwear, which is weird because she's like a super babe, cute in that look, in that role, like charming. But then later in the movie, she does her her star makeover and it just does not work. It's It's really weird. I would have just kept her as the kind of simple, more kind of Debbie Gibson looking 80s chick rather than trying to be some megastar. Yeah, she had Teen Witch vibes and then she lost them. Although there is a funny line about saying this is the Madonna of the 80s. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I thought Madonna was the Madonna of the 80s. It's a fair point. Yeah. All right. So comedy, (laughs) y'all. Is it? I mean, it kind of is. Of course it's a comedy. What are you talking well, about? But the, it's not like jokesy comedy. It's like silly. What? I mean, they're kind of jokes. Grandpa. I know. Gramps is, he's hamming it up. Yeah. A real stand-up comedian. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, I don't know why the music thing is included. It's weird. Meanwhile, Jesse is just interested in learning about his family. So he begins searching for information in the boxes that are kind of scattered through the basement. Also weird. So he's clearly never been here before. He's looking through these boxes, and yet they're all going to like sleep in these beds that have been dusty for 30 years. <laughs> it troubled me. Anyway. That's that. You're focusing on all the wrong areas. I know, I know, whatever. So he finds a pic of his great great grandfather standing in front of an Aztec temple, which is pretty cool. Yeah, his grandfather's name is Jesse McLaughlin. And so he was named after his great great grandfather. His grandpa in this photo has a picture of a crystal skull. The coolest. The coolest. Uh, Also in this photo of his great-great-grandfather is his great-great-grandfather's BFF, Slim. Slim Razor. He's Uh, a cool-looking dude. Yes. Who you think you look like. I don't think I look like him. I'm just saying if I was a horror movie zombie... It's your style. It would probably be Slim. Yeah, it's your style vibe. Yeah. For, for sure. So we learn later that Slim is not, in fact, a good BFF. <laughs> no, he's got jealousy issues. He does. 
Okay, so in a very large jump in logic here, Jesse decides that this crystal skull must have been buried with his grandpa. And it leads to eternal life. Immortality forever holds it. So he and Charlie are like, great. You know, we haven't even really looked through the house, but we're going to go ahead and dig up great-great-grandpa's body. I mean... Sounds like a foolproof plan. <laughs> Obviously. So they do. Yeah. And they find a zombie. Uh, it's kind of spooky at first. They're scared. But then we learn it's just great, great grandpa. And he says to call him Gramps. Oh, let's talk about Gramps. <laughs> I love Gramps so much. You do. He's such a great... Well, he's played by none other than Royal Dano. Yes. Who? Who? Where do we know Royal Dano from? Well, he's uh, been on several episodes of the mm-hmm. Laser Graves podcast. He's like royalty. Yeah. He, I mean, most people would know him. Well, obviously, he had like a whole career in Westerns and stuff way mm-hmm. back in the day. But in the in the 80s, he had a little kind of late career revival in all these B-movies. So he was in Ghoulies 2, mm-hmm. which we covered. He was great in that. And then we know mostly that his kind of classic role is in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. He's also in Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's the judge in Twin Peaks. Yes. Um, so basically his career, I was like, dang, he's got a bajillion credits. He had his first, it was uncredited, role in 1943. Okay. <laughs> We're in the 80s. This is like whatever to him. Yeah, totally. And he keeps going until 93 and dies in 94. So I can only presume he was like dying when he made his last role. Well, interesting. I read that he had just had open heart surgery right before this film. Jeez. So they didn't know if they could get him. But then they agreed to take him even though he was uninsured because he had just gone through this surgery. So it was like a risk to to insure him or something like that. Okay. So he just went through this role had and he just had open heart surgery. Okay. That's kind of bizarre. I mean, he laid around a lot. He did. So it's okay. Yeah. Gramps is great. So he's rambunctious. He's the classic Wild West outlaw. Yeah, he's real chatty, and he basically does a little backstory info at this point. It's great, though. He's telling stories. So they hang out that first night. They hang Mm -hmm. out having beers, and, you know, he's just talking about what life was like back in his day. Yeah, he talks about Slim, the power of the crystal skull. Yeah. He's laying it out. So Slim, the story there is that Slim wanted the skull, too, and was jealous, and they ended up getting in a fight. And Gramps shot him and killed him and left him for dead in the desert. Yeah. And in short, the skull is the key to the house, which was made with special Aztec ruins. Mm -hmm. And the house opens portals through space and time. (laughs) Yeah, that's important to know. And this is also when Gramps thinks that he's just been, you know, living like he always has, looking normal and ageless. Yeah. And then realizes that he has, in fact, turned into... Kind of a walking corpse. Yeah, he's surprised. When he gives the best line in the whole movie. <laughs> I'm a 170-year-old fart. <laughs> you say that so often. <laughs> I have my, so my Gramps hat, which also couples as a Gramps hat from Lost Boys, is a black hat that says, old fart. Oh, yes. It's my favorite hat. Yep. And it's because it reminds me of Gramps. Oh, okay. I like it. And I'm slowly turning into him. You are. Like, if you could... I was saying this earlier to you when we when we were watching it. If you could combine Gramps and Slim into one... Okay. That would be my fictitious uh, likeness in a movie. As a zombie. Yeah. Okay. 
Because I'd be like sweet and funny, but then I would also have an edge and not want to be around anybody and just shoot everybody that got close to me. You're an introvert for sure. (laughs) But once you crack your shell, you're real chatty like Gramps. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) So once you get into your special house and you open the portal to your heart. Yeah. Anyway, Gramps realizes he's an old fart and he's pretty sad about it. But all this time, he's been trying to protect the house and skull from evil that wants to use the skull and portals for evil things. Which is a great setup for a plot. I know it's absurd, but also it's free reign to do anything. To be like, this house is magical. Anything can be kind of created out of thin air Uh just to try and get the skull. The whole premise is that evil is being kind of materialized to try and steal the skull. It's true. I mean, that's a great idea. Easy peasy. Then, in another weird turn, Charlie and Gramps decide they're just going to go drunk driving. (laughs) Well, I mean, Gramps has got nothing to lose. Well, he doesn't know the laws. Charlie does. That's true. Because he didn't even know what a car was. Yeah, well, I mean, he was... Had stagecoaches yeah, back then. so he didn't know. Charlie was being irresponsible, though, quite yeah, He really was. I mean, that Charlie. <laughs> He's a We're back in the 80s when irresponsibility, like drunk driving, was just frowned upon. Yeah, or it was a punchline in a movie. <laughs> totally. And they get into an accident, but it's no big deal. Yeah. It's funny. So they go out, they stargaze, they bond. It's great. And then the next day, Charlie, who... And what I can only describe as being the worst friend ever decides to surprise Jesse with a Halloween rager at this house. Great. This is a Halloween movie people don't often talk about. Sure. However, would you be so furious if you just came into your house and a bunch of people were just running around it wasted in costumes? Yeah, it would definitely depend on the people. You would lose your beans. I, I mean, I would regardless. Well, I wouldn't interact with them anyway. I would just go sit in a room by myself. But <laughs> so it wouldn't it wouldn't really bother me. But I do love Halloween costume parties and movies. Yeah, those are great. Really fun. But an unexpected Halloween costume party in your recently inherited house would be a little upsetting. It would be a little weird. Yeah, I would not be friendly with Charlie for doing that after he just drunk drove into part of the house earlier. So, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a crappy friend. <laughs> well, yeah. That's okay. Um, let's see. So at the party, I'm going to try and get through this really quickly, but we have to get rid of these female characters. And introduce supernatural characters. Yes. So at this party, Jesse's ex-girlfriend, who's only in it for this one scene, comes up and she's trying to reunite with Jesse. Right. And meanwhile, his current girlfriend, Lana, and uh, the big time producer show up. And the big time producer is Bill Maher, which is just sort of (laughs) random and weird. It's kind of weird to see him. Yeah. And Bill Maher sees the ex-girlfriend trying to kiss Jesse and they all leave. Yeah. And that's like exit all of the ladies up till this point. Yeah. It really was a way to just clear everybody out so that Charlie and Jesse could now go on an adventure without (laughs) the baggage of their ladies with them. Yeah. And so we don't see or hear from them anymore. And then whatever's going on now, this party forces the forces of evil begin to like show up. Yeah. The first is this big buff dude. Yeah. This ripped uh, Aztec warrior. Yeah. Who's come into reality to try and steal the skull and has a little run in. With a certain someone, little uh, cameo scene here, none other than Kane Hodder, oh, yeah. who is, uh, you know, later became Jason in the in the Friday movies. 
but he is the man in the gorilla suit with a full head of hair, which really throws me because I'm used to seeing him with no hair. <laughs> uh, he gets punched off the balcony, but it's because he was involved in part one, too. I think he was a stunt coordinator or something like that. Okay. And he also appears again. I think he has a cameo in part four, maybe, or something. So it's kind of funny. Mm. Kane has this little tie to to house the house franchise Weird. in general. But yeah, so for those of you, I think a lot of horror fans know they they know that he has a a cameo in House Two. But if you're wondering what it is, it's he's the it's gorilla that. that gets punched. Uh, okay, so he, yeah, the. Um Aztec war. Well, he's not Aztec because he's from prehistory. Oh, that's right. He's more like a barbarian. Yeah, he he exists from a, like a different realm, though, not from our history. Because he comes in, he starts punching his way, gets the skull, and goes back. And Jesse and Charlie have to like try and get it back. They go back to this land where humans and dinosaurs coexist, and then creatures that never existed, including maybe your favorite. Oh, uh, one of them for sure. Yeah, this is where we're introduced to the iconic caterpup, <laughs> which is a caterpillar puppy. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love this movie? We also we meet it. the weird pterodactyl type baby creature. Yeah, it's like an albatross, but I think they call yeah. it a pterodactyl. I mean, they're all just comic relief, and they're really fun because. There's stop motion animation dinosaurs in the background, and they're very choppy, like old school Harryhausen yeah. style, uh, as well as all this puppetry. I mean, this is where it just becomes super fun, classic 80s, where it's a period in movie history mm-hmm. that just must have been the peak of fun to be on set. Cause yeah. I just, it, things like this don't exist anymore. And I think that's why the story alone is fun, but for me, this is an age when I was starting to think about, oh, man, I would like to do this when I was watching Clash of the Titans and stuff like that and thinking about wanting to make my own stop motion films and puppets. So seeing a film like this, I not only was watching it as a, as a movie viewer, but I was already at that age thinking about what it would be like to work on a movie like mm-hmm. this, to make puppets. And this is, you know, one of those scenes in the prehistoric time where the set design is so wild and fun and yeah. the trees they're climbing up and all this stuff that it's just charming in a way that is uniquely 80s. Oh, can you even imagine somebody trying to spin a caterpillar puppy dog in a horror movie at this point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, but it's fun because it adds a sense of kind of iconic moments yeah. in this film that you wouldn't get in your run-of-the-mill 80s film you know it it really makes it stand apart for better or for worse it's it was really fun yeah so they make friends with this caterpup of course as well as one of the giant birds and they grab the crystal skull and return back to their house it's fine yeah they like crash through the ceiling and they're back in and then we can you know we don't have to go into all the details but essentially it's like a, a crew is coming together it's assembling and actually we meet our next part of this crew just a temporary part like he he joins them for the side adventure uh the electrician shows up he's played by john uh ratzenberger yeah who you might know for as cliff from cheers we also know him as one of the bikers from motel hell yeah that's right (laughs) uh so he's an electrician he shows up and he's like working on the electricity and they kind of leave him to it but he calls him back and he's discovered a portal to an aztec sacrifice that is happening yeah it's like a virgin sacrifice and he happens to have a sword in his case yes it's great and he he they like all engage in this portal adventure to this next place 
And my favorite part is after they rescue the virgin to be sacrificed, he has the coolest calling card. Oh, he does have a good calling card. Yeah, it's like electrician and part-time adventurer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish people had cooler calling cards. That reminds me of our friend, uh, Zach, who had been given the most ridiculous business card. Do you remember? Know what I'm talking about? So he met, I don't know, a politician or somebody. I think it was a senator. And the man handed him a business card. And when he looked at it, it only said, stop talking. (laughs) You have that card. Yeah. Yeah. So he told the story. He had it in his wallet and he let me have it. And I still have it. And Uh, I will never give it away. But I really want to. I don't know. I really want to make my own cool card like part-time adventurer. Yeah, this was fun. So they now have this um, Aztec virgin sacrifice princess or whatever, who has now joined the Caterpop, the Pterodactyl baby, Gramps, Charlie... And Jesse, like they're they got a whole crew coming together. Would you like to know a little bit more about the Virgin Sacrifice? Sure. Would you like to know the character's name? Yeah, I would. Virgin. Oh, that's her name. No, they just called her Virgin. I mean, that's I mean, that's... pretty straight to the point. Anyway, her real name is um, Devin Renee De Vasquez. She kind of had her breakthrough by winning Star Search. Do you remember Star Search? Yeah, definitely. So remember. she did like the modeling. I remember Star Search so well. I really loved it. It came on at like Saturday mornings, like late morning. Anyway, from there, she parlayed that into Playmate of the Month for June of 1985. (laughs) Good for work it. And she's also from another show we have. What's that? Society. She's in Society? She's Clarissa. Oh, From Society. Mm -hmm. She's also in Can't Buy Me Love. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Next time we watch Society, I'll have to... Look for her. Another fun note. She is from New Orleans, and to help after the hurricane, she made a, like, Cajun seasoning. Okay. To raise funds. (laughs) I mean, whatever talents you have available, (laughs) use them for good. All right. So we've got our crew assembled. Uh Uh-huh. And it's time for a showdown. Yeah. With Gramps' ex-BFF, Slim. Great entrance, by the way. They're all sitting down to have a meal, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesse pulls off the cover for the main dish, uh-huh. and underneath it slims head on a platter, <laughs> <laughs> only it then starts to slowly come up, like he's, you know, whatever, Justin Bieber coming from <laughs> underneath the stage. Isn't it, You know those like pop yeah. stars that do that? Like he's on a riser. Yeah, he's on a riser coming out of the tray of food. And then dusts off his hat and puts it on. It's quite an entrance. Very cool. Slim is awesome. Let's talk about Slim. So okay. he's the other outlaw from from Grandpa Jesse's days. But he's got long reddish hair. He's got a cool hat, a long dust coat. Yeah. I mean, he just looks looks like trouble. He does look like and he's, trouble. And he's not happy because he wants the damn skull. How has he lived? That is not explained. Well, he's not. He's dead. He's a zombie. Well, I know, but why is he here? The house brought him back. It's The magic is able to summon space and time and portals and all that. Okay. So he's found a way to come back through this portal to try and steal the skull back. All right. Well, he really wants it. And Jesse and the gang end up in the Old West. That's great. Now it's a, it went from being a prehistoric movie to, yeah. to now we're in the Old West. It's kind of like Bill and Ted. You know what? You're right. I know. I'd never even, but it predates it. Oh, Oh. copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) 
No way. <laughs> um. So we get into, you know, half of the crew is held hostage and it's time for Jesse to have a showdown. Yeah. With Slim. Because Slim has shot Grandpa or Gramps. Yeah, yeah. Gramps is shot. It's a pretty cool kill, though. So Jesse's able to, <laughs> yeah. to take out Slim. And this is a pretty awesome kill. He, like, blows off part of his head. And then Slim just keeps walking, and then it blows off another part. And so He's it, shooting him in the head. It's great. And it's, it's exploding. Really cool. Like shards. Yeah, and there's all sorts of... This Old West scene is awesome. It's there's a stop-motion uh, corpse horse yep. that's, like, rotted. It kind of is, like, the early version of the dogs from Resident Evil. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, it's got that vibe to it. Copyright infringement. Again. Again, again House 2 <laughs> is responsible. It's the source. It's just it influenced so many things. <laughs> we have this all as facts. That nobody is giving it credit for. <laughs> so anyway, Jesse shoots off Slim's head. He returns to Gramps, who stayed in the house. And before he dies, for realsies this time, Gramps tells him some loving things like glad I got to meet my great 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 grandson or whatever yeah and he also advises him to enjoy the skull and also get rid of it yeah so it's kind of a mixed message but whatever so Gramps is gone and Jesse uses the skull to go with Charlie and Virgin so to be clear the girlfriend's gone Virgin's had zero lines but she is and she doesn't speak English (laughs) But she is ready to throw down with Jesse. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, what other choice does she have? That was her hero, right? I guess. I feel like it was the electrician, but. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so Virgin, Charlie, and Jesse all head to the Old West, and they use the skull as a grave marker for Gramps' new grave. Yeah, and then they ride off into the sunset as an old classic Western movie. Can I just ask one question? Yeah. Why is the skull fine there? Well, because it's out in the middle of nowhere in a different time period. But, I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere in a random time period in the house. I guess. Okay. Anyway, well, that's how the movie ends, and boy, oh boy, what an adventure. What an adventure. So many loose ends. Do you even need them tied (laughs) up? Oh no, I don't. This film is so fun. And there's also just all this charm to how poorly made it is, too. Yeah, I love that. You know, you can clearly see in several shots things like the crew in reflections or the puppeteer's hands, you know, in the shots or the the biggest one, which sits there for quite a while in the open is... Oh, when the electrician and Jesse are walking around the corner, there's the entire dolly track for the camera. You just, see him like stepping over it. Just sitting there in plain sight and they don't cut it out. I like all of that about this film. Oh, yeah. It just makes it that much more enjoyable to me. Yeah, it feels like somebody's fun project. Yeah, I just don't feel like it's taken too seriously. No. And that's how, that's my recommendation for this movie is just watch it and have fun because if you like... 80s adventure movies, over-the-top, wacky adventure movies. This is just one of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, obviously, there are so many plot holes, so many mistakes. It just doesn't matter. It all adds to the charm and the silliness of it. So when you go in and you watch it, you just laugh. The jokes are bad. It doesn't matter. It's a delight. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it was released August 28th, 1987. The critics maybe weren't so charmed by it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but New World put it out. It got a great New World VHS release, which I have. I also have a really cool Japanese copy that my friend Chase got me. So thank you for that. And um, surprisingly, so yes, of course, it was going to be panned by critics. But usually when we cover these movies, it's like it was a bomb and then it found its second win on VHS, you know, years later. Not the case. It actually had a $3 million budget, uh-huh. opened in theaters, and made $10 million. So, okay. you know, it more than tripled its budget. It did fine. It did fine. I don't get what the criticism is about. Like, you made your money back. Well, the critics were like, this is the problem. But yeah. everybody else was like, I want to go see a caterpillar. Yeah, but, I mean, but by all, you know, measure, this was a successful film. They also did some cool things with this film that's part of the lore and history of it that that I love, that I've known about for years and years, is when they released it in in theaters to try and draw people in, they did a series of different promo items that they would hand out. If you went to the screening or something like that, you would get these little things, which is always fun. I remember when I was in New Orleans at the time, staying with my sister, and Batman Returns came out. Mm Mm-hmm. And we went to go see Batman Returns in the theater. And for the first 50 people who showed up, they gave us a free poster. So it was like the movie poster and stuff. And I think stuff like that's mm-hmm. always really fun. They don't really do that much anymore. But maybe for, we, they do and we just don't know. Yeah. Well, we also just don't go to movies very much anymore. No, we're old. But with House 2, they did at least two that I know of, maybe three really cool promo items. And I've always wanted them. I've never had the chance to get them, and I'm sure they're crazy expensive, but one of them is a miniature figurine of the Caterpup, mm-hmm. like a little tiny one. Somebody years later did a replica of it, and that's fine, but that's not the same. Okay. I do know one person who actually has the original Caterpup, but he was selling it for like hundreds of dollars. Oh. Anyway, so if anybody ever finds one you know, in an antique shop for five bucks and and doesn't want it, send it my way. Anyway, the other (laughs) one that I would absolutely love was a crystal skull nightlight. So it's the crystal skull, and then you plug it in, and it glows blue, and it says House 2, the second story. Cool. I do know, and I only knew about this recently, because it popped up on eBay maybe a year or two ago, and I know who got it, because he was willing to pay for it, was a promo hat, a House 2 baseball hat. And I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, so they had some fun little promo items to tie into the movie as well. I, you know, one day. Okay. One day I will find them. But, and then uh, the other thing that's of note, because it's a little unusual for a film like this, is Marvel did a run of a comic book, a one-off House 2 comic book. Wow. That's just basically, you know, the graphic interpretation of this. It's the same story. It's really cool. I have it. You know, it does seem it. like a comic, so that seems like it would translate It translates well. really well as a comic. It's a fun fun comic book. So uh, I've had that for years as well. It's really neat. So just some kind of interesting things that went along with this yeah. movie to make it just fun and kind of classic 80s to me. Before we wrap it up, okay, you may be wondering, what was the fun fact? Yes, I was thinking you forgot the fun fact. I didn't. I okay. got a fun fact for you. Good. Good grief. Okay, this is a really weird fun fact, and I feel like I don't want to act like I'm special, but I feel like it would take maybe somebody only like me to even uh, notice this because oh. it's really weird. 
And we can debate this afterwards. Okay. My fun fact is, there's a really awesome, low-budget, kind of virtually unknown horror movie called Scary Movie that came out in 1991. Okay. Uh, Bad Taste Video has covered it. We all, you know, like in my little friend group, we all love that movie to death. It's a really cool, bizarre little film. It takes place at this haunted house. Well, I noticed this a couple years ago when I first saw it. I was watching it, and on the outside of the house, there are all these kind of dioramas, you know, of skeletons painted on the side of the house and skulls and stuff like that. And okay. there's a tombstone sitting there to give the ambiance for the haunted house out front. Uh-huh. And clearly, I freeze-framed it because I was like, what? Clearly, the tombstone says, and I'm going to read it to you, and you tell me what you think. It says, here lies... Grandpa Jesse McLaughlin. What? Tell me that is not a nod to House 2. It's got to be, right? It has to be. What are the odds? Weird. Gramps' name is Jesse McLaughlin. So what year did it come out? 91? 91. Okay. So my only thought is there must have been a set designer or some random crew member that was involved in House 2. Maybe. Or is there like a real character that they based it on? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Jesse McLaughlin's like an actual out west outlaw. Let me look it up. Hold on. I don't know that. Anyway, I think that's pretty fun. And it really made my day when I saw Gramps, Jesse McLaughlin on the tombstone of, of Scary Movie. Okay. I'm not immediately finding confirmation that Good. he's an outlaw. Then so. I'm going to just go with this. I like it. One of my thoughts was that, you know, maybe when you have film props that get left over. Oh, yeah. Because there is the tombstone in the graveyard when they mm-hmm. dig up Gramps, but it's not the same one. It's, it's more, more oh. ornate and stuff. But I just have to think there must have been somebody involved on the crew of Scary Movie that yeah. had some tie to House 2 and or did that. Or was just a fan. Or was just a fan. Yeah, that's possible too. Anyway, huh. there's your fun fact. And I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool and yeah. weird and something that only you would notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of a deep, deep dive in. <laughs> yeah, I love it though. Um, so anyway, that is House 2. What a fun movie. I love it. Um, if you have not seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. it it's just so much fun. It's fun. And uh, that's about it for this one. I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Okay, everybody. Well, that is it for our House 2 episode. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us and rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do. You can check out all of our back episodes at lasergraves.com or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, you know, check out our friends' podcasts. We've got Bad Taste Video and Reconcinimation and Movie Dumpster and all these people that we're leaving out. But a lot of of fun content out there. Go check them out as well. Um, If you want to find us on Instagram, where are you at? At MariahRoseWimmer.com. Nope, just at (laughs) MariahRoseWimmer. I mean, I guess you could go to .com for your website. Goodbye. Uh, Yeah, and I'm at uh, Arg the Awful. So uh, if you want to see some of the tapes I have. Anyway, that's it for this week. We will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.